Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 412. Today is May 10th, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, as we get into the end of the first quarter earnings coming out, from day to day, we get the normal headlines in the media. It's always schizophrenic, playing on people's human emotions of fear and greed. So think about where we are right now. We're in May. I mean, by next month, we're pretty much halfway through the year. And here's my question. Where's the recession? And the corollary to that is, where's the rally? Because for well over a year, the doomsayers have been predicting a recession. And at the same time, the perma bulls are always saying that, well, next quarter things are going to get better and the market's going to go on to all-time you know, record highs. Well, they've both been wrong. The market, for more than a year, has pretty much been stagnant. And not only stagnant, but what has worried me is there have been some deep downward movements. And I don't think that's over yet. But it's not because of the hysteria that you see from the doomsayers. The things about the banking crisis and bank failures and people worrying about the debt ceiling and the status of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency and all these never-ending straw man arguments are just that. They're distractions. What worries me is that the excesses from the pandemic are still distorting the economy. We know that corporate profits have peaked. We just don't know how much. We know that inflation has peaked, but we don't know where it's going to come in and stabilize at. The numbers that were just released today, they're around 5%, depending upon whether you're looking at the core, the headline, it, roughly a little more, a little less than 5%. But what's interesting about that is that the Fed funds rate on their top line right now, the terminal rate, currently is five and a quarter. So it's right at that potential inflation rate. It's taken the Fed a year to get there. A lot of people are pricing in a pause from the Federal Reserve. And then furthermore, cuts you know, taking place just in the next couple months. And I'm not in that camp. I think inflation will continue to come down. We know that it peaked last March. We knew that by the price of copper. So I was never worried about hyperinflation. But at the same time, unless the economy goes into a real tailspin and we get into a pretty substantial recession... I don't think we're going to have inflationary levels back to you know where the Fed wants it at around 2%. I think it's going to take a major slowdown in the economy to get there. That's bad news for the stock market because we are seeing across the board a decline in leading economic indicators and to the extent that these leading economic indicators are well into recessionary levels. So I'm definitely on the side of decreasing corporate profits, slowing down of the U.S. as well as the global economy, and all of that potentially being bad for the stock market. I say potentially because, again, none of this is a crisis. None of these are black swan events. Everything that is occurring in the economy is exactly what the Federal Reserve wants to take place. The reason they've raised interest rates so substantially is to get exactly the effects that we're seeing. The system, the overall banking system, is flush with cash for no other reason than the fact that the Federal Reserve will just keep printing it. It's like Social Security. Social Security will never go bankrupt. 
because the government will just keep issuing checks. Now, the money may not be worth anything, but the system won't go bankrupt because they will continue to issue checks. That's what we're seeing with, you know, this, quote, banking system crisis. And again, it's not a crisis at all. It is exactly what the Federal Reserve wants to happen. They are breaking eggs to make an omelet. The conundrum that we're in, though, is that we don't know how far the Federal Reserve will take it. I think they're going to drag this out for a while and possibly raise again in June. It's even likely they could raise in July. And as far as pausing, even if they pause at this point, because inflation is so stubbornly high, again, unless the economy goes into a total tailspin, I don't think they're going to cut rates quickly like so many people have priced into the market. But again, we don't know. And even if the Federal Reserve knows, they won't tell us. It's just the way the game is played. And so, as always, we're faced with uncertainty. But the good news is, it's not uncertainty of an unavoidable crisis or a catastrophe. It's simply an uncertainty of, is the market going to go sideways? Is it going to go down a little bit? Or is it going to go up? And ultimately, in the long term, I believe this market will go up. Now, I say that while I sit 90% in cash, but I am patiently waiting because I think the risk to the downside is still considerably more than the payout to the short-term upside. And so for that reason, I'm willing to simply sit in cash. And when I say cash, I mean in money market funds that are paying you know pretty much right along there with where the rate of inflation is. So my money is you know marking time, it's treading water, no, I'm not going to get any immediate gains, but I'm also protecting my principal. And that's where I want to be in an environment where corporate profits are in decline. Now, let's talk about that. We're pretty much through the announcements of first quarter earnings. And as you would expect, the headlines came in better than expected. I think something like 79 or 80% of companies that have reported so far have beat their earnings estimates. But remember, that's all nonsense. These estimates are juggled and either sandbagged or hyped up, depending upon how the analysts want to spin the information. Now, going into this quarter, analysts had actually turned very negative, and we're looking at about a 6% decline in earnings. Well, it's turning out that maybe the decline in earnings is only, say, 25 or maybe 2 and 3 quarters percent. So that's great news. Yeah, it is good news because two and a half is a whole lot less than a decline of 6%. But at the same time, earnings have definitely peaked. We know that for multiple quarters now, companies are reporting lower profitability. And as to the you know moderate amount of only, uh, say, a two and a half or two and three quarter percent decline in earnings, the big picture is to look back 12 months ago. 12 months ago, first quarter earnings for 2023 were projected substantially higher than where these earnings that, you know, unexpectedly beat expectations are at. So if you look at where they were projecting earnings from a year ago, well, they're down by about 16%. That's substantial. That's what worries me. I'm simply worried that we don't know yet where that bottom is. And I think based on the fact that inflation is persistently staying around 5%, that the cost of capital, because of the higher interest rates, 
When you add that together with the fact that not all the supply chain issues have been resolved yet, and because of you know what's going on with all the geopolitical issues and the shift in demographics, we may not see pre-pandemic levels of the supply chain ever coming back. And in terms of those demographics and those shifts that we're seeing in the economy, that also plays into a major factor of why inflation is so high and why corporate profits are in decline, and that's that labor costs are still rising. You add all those factors up, and that's what worries me. I shouldn't say worried. That's what concerns me. That's why I have most of my money right now parked in money market funds. And that's the conundrum we're in. We're not yet in a recession. We may never get to a recession because, as I've said before, this is the most widely anticipated recession that I can ever remember. So many people have positioned themselves for a declining economy that even once it happens, if it does happen, there's been much of the risk mitigated as compared to what we've seen where previous recessions were less anticipated. But again, along those same lines, we're also not seeing a big rally in the stock market. There's a lot of overhead pressure, and I don't see that dissipating anytime soon. Now, if we were in a normal, stagnant, or sideways market, and a lot of people are calling for that, right? They think we're headed for a stagflation period. Well, that really doesn't worry me because actually from a stock picker and from a market timing perspective, that's really a fabulous market to be in. But again, I don't think we're there yet. I'm not worried about the market being stale or stagnant. I don't necessarily think we're just in a stagnant or a stale market. I think we're in a stall, right? Stall, like the stalling of an airplane. It's losing elevation. I think corporate profits are going to continue to go down. And that's the part that worries me. Once we get to a bottom or we're stagnant or stale, I'm fine with that. But it's the downward trajectory and it's the stalling that worries me. And again, the Federal Reserve could come out tomorrow. They could start cutting interest rates. You know, the Republicans and the Democrats, they could shake hands and start printing another 3 or $4 trillion and handing out helicopter money. So we don't know when exactly the market will turn. We never know, right? No one rings a bell and says this is the absolute bottom and it's all safe, it's all clear. But if we look at history, these type slowdowns in the economy, especially when they're perpetrated by the Federal Reserve purposely wanting to slow down the economy, we see that they don't get resolved until you have a substantial rise in the unemployment rate. And that really is what I think has been driving the economy and has kept us out of a recession. This is a demographic shift where we have a large demand for millennial-type workers. And I don't think any of that gets corrected, again, like we've seen in, in past recessions, until we get a big bump up in the unemployment rate. Several years ago, I did a video about the unemployment rate and how it's related to recessions. And it isn't any particular level. It isn't like, well, when we get the 5% unemployment or whatever that, you know, the recession happens. In my estimation and what I talk about in that video is that it's any time that you get an uptick in unemployment. And that's because people live paycheck to paycheck. You know, you see the surveys all the time that 60% or more of the people are currently living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have any emergency cash on hand. And they literally, if you believe the surveys, 
they're saying that 60% of people could not put their hands on $400 cash if they had to in an emergency. Think about that. $400. I, I can't even imagine that. And that's really what drives the quick degradation of the economy when we do go into recession is that so many people are unprepared for it. So when we see that uptick in unemployment, especially if it jumps up by a percent or a percent and a half, then I think that would put us in a hard recession because the vast majority of people are broke. And when that paycheck stops, they have no money other than what they can borrow or put on their credit cards or, you know, now this great euphemism of buy now, pay later. Well, if that happens, if we see that unemployment, to me, that will be a good sign. That means we will go into a recession and sometime after that will be a great buying opportunity. One more thing about why I think so far we haven't gone into a recession, in addition to the low unemployment rates that we're at, there is still a lot of consumer credit available. And again, this is contrary to the nonsense you hear about the banking crisis, but go look at the actual data. Okay? Ignore the headlines, look at the data. And the data tells you that there's still plenty of liquidity in the system. And what I mean by that is that banks and shadow banking systems are continuing to loan. And so people that are broke will continue to spend until, number one, they lose their job, and number two, someone quits giving them money to spend. You know, the banks or the shadow banking systems quit loaning money to them. Neither of those things have happened yet. We're still at full employment, and there's plenty of money being loaned to people. So keep your eye on that. When those bank funding start to dry up and when people get unemployed, that's when we know we'll be at the end of this and a buying opportunity will be right around the corner. Look at the data, ignore the headlines. There's probably something like $2.5 trillion of excess money supply that wouldn't be in the system if it wasn't for all the excesses from the pandemic. Now that $2.5 trillion, that's not in the hands of the 60% of people that live paycheck to paycheck. They've already spent all their stimulus money. But for guys like me, right, the frugal cheapskate people, we're sitting on a ton of cash. Again, close to probably $2.5 trillion. I put out a chart, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago at investablewealth.com where I showed that M2 money supply. And we are way, way, way ahead of trend, like four years, four and a half years ahead of where we should be. That excess money is what's keeping the economy and the stock market propped up. And again, we don't know how much of that the Federal Reserve is going to pull out. We know they're pulling it out, but regardless of what they're doing, there's still two and a half trillion more dollars than should be in the system. Okay, finish up real quick. couple things you'll want to watch. Keep your eye on 4,200 level in the S&P 500. 4,200 is approximately the halfway point between the high in January of 2022 and the low in October of 2022. And when the market gets to that level, that will be the 50% retracement level. From a technical standpoint, that's a key level. And that's also why we haven't gone into a big rally in the stock market because that level has been a huge amount of resistance so far this year. Every time we move up to that level, the market fails and drops back down. Now, it is getting support at somewhere around 4050 or 4150 
We'll see how long that can hold, but consequently, because it's staying at above that 4,000 level, we're also not seeing a recession or a big decline in the stock market. We can't go into a big bull run until the market, the S&P 500, consistently gets above 4,200. Now, you may see a spike above that if there's some kind of a deal to the debt ceiling, or maybe if in the uh, first week or so of June, the Federal Reserve actually does pause. But I would be cautious of a spike above it because, like I said, you want to see a sustained level above 4,200. Remember what happened last summer to that 50% retracement. I was very optimistic that the rally that we saw last summer was going to last through the midterm elections and give us a Santa Claus rally last year because, in fact, the S&P 500 had gotten above and had stayed above that 50% retracement level for a decent amount of time. That had been the high in January and the low in June. It had gotten above that 50% retracement level. Well, everything still fell apart, and we got another huge big low in October of last year. So be cautious. The last thing you want to keep your eye on is the small cap stocks. Those are the canaries in the coal mine. If you're reading my blog over at investablewealth.com or if you're on the blog notification list, you saw me put out a couple charts here in the last week or few days or so, and I showed that the positioning of the small cap stocks, that's the Russell 2000 or an ETF like IWM, that index is below both its long-term 200-day moving average as well as its extremely long-term 1,000-day moving average. That's never a good thing. That's the hazard zone. That's thin ice. You'd be hard-pressed to go back in history and find a time when the economy went into a deep recession and there was a substantial catastrophic drop in the stock market when an index like the small caps wasn't hovering at or below that 200-day and 1,000-day moving average. So keep your eye on the small caps. Again, we're not going to go into a big rally mode until the small caps can get above and stay above those long-term moving averages. And we're just not anywhere near that yet. So hey, my bottom line message is be patient. I think the risk continues to be much more to the downside. And for me and my money, I'm staying substantially in money market funds. Well, hey, until next time, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.